0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Warren Rustand about humble and generous leadership to develop others. Warren Rustand, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you very much. Glad to be here today, Jonathan. Yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. It turns out we have quite a bit uh, of connectivity and common ground in our background. So that was fun uh, getting to explore that a little bit with you in the Uh, pre-interview. I'm really excited to talk about the topic for today, which is about humble and generous leadership and how that can be used To focus on the development of those around us. I think it's a vital characteristic and capability for leaders in the modern age. And as we look into the future of work, if we want highly agile and adaptive organizations, we need people that are constantly learning and growing. And it's it's the responsibility of leaders to help facilitate that, that growth. And that doesn't happen as we are caught up in our own ego and focused on our own Um, our own goals. We have to, of course, our goals are important, but we need to make sure that we're focusing on the development of those around us. And that requires a certain level of humility, that requires generosity, that requires us to show genuine empathy. And some of these terms are not always the things we tend to focus on the most in corporate America, um, yet it's very, very important. So I'm excited to explore that with you today. As we get started, I wanted to share Warren's bio with everybody. Warren Rustand is an entrepreneur, corporate leader, and the Forbes book's author of Leader Within Us, Mindset Principles and Tools for a Life by Design. Selected as a White House fellow in 1973, he was a special assistant to the Secretary of Commerce and co-led the first ever executive level trade mission to the Soviet Union. Rustand served as a appointments and cabinet secretary to the pre- to President General Ford, a former academic All-American basketball player at the University of Arizona. Russ Stand has been the CEO of six companies and has served on the board of directors of more than 50 for-profit or non-profit organizations. Russ Stand is an author, educator, and well-known speaker. And for 30 years, has led a public policy private sector conference in Washington, D.C. for CEOs. He's currently the Dean of Learning and for Entrepreneurs Organization, Global Leadership Academy. Uh, What a tremendous career. Uh, The scope and scale of what you've accomplished uh, is is quite inspiring. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Uh, Before we launch into the conversation, is there anything else that you would like to share with listeners by way of background or personal context?
1: Well, the more critical thing probably is that I've been married to the same lady for 56 years. We have seven children, 19 grandchildren. We all live together on a 60-acre farm in Tucson, Arizona, so we have three generations living together, which I find to be just exhilarating and fun. So we're a happy family and having a good time in life. Oh, that is wonderful. That is wonderful.
0: Um, So as we get started, maybe we can just start with the framing around humility, Tell us what you think about how, um, why humility is important and why often leaders see the showing of humility as showing weakness.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, Jonathan, based on the resume that you just read, I've had a chance to associate with some very interesting high-powered people, corporate, political, military, across the globe. And I found oftentimes when there are large egos, they suck all the oxygen out of the room and there's no space for anyone else. And everyone ends up serving that ego to some degree. And I found that to be debilitating when leading people. I think what we wanna do is take a step back and put that oxygen back in the room and create space for people around us, colleagues and others uh, to exercise their discretion, to create opportunities to succeed or fail, to empower them to be their own person. And I think the only way to do that is to regulate our ego. Now, we all admit we have egos, right? We all have them in different forms and sizes. But the opportunity for us to regulate that in a way that allows that space for others to be successful, I think is really important. And I've found with great leaders, they do that extremely well. Among those, I would say that I've had a chance to meet, for example, Nelson Mandela. You know, he went from prison to president it was an amazing journey and yet he was very humble in his approach with other people and i think it allowed him to lead his nation in an interesting way i worked for a president of the united states who who for all intents and purposes just didn't have an ego he was just there to serve he was never elected to the presidency he succeeded to the presidency but wasn't elected and he just felt like i just want to do the right thing and it was always pleased and thank you he treated people well he allowed for other opinions he listened carefully Those are the kinds of leaders, I think, in the end that build great teams, that have great cultures and that have better results. So humility is a necessary ingredient, my opinion, necessary ingredient for leadership success. In fact, I would argue that it's the most important ingredient for leadership success.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And, And so then I wonder, like everything you said, to me, it's just part of my paradigm, I suppose. And so that's why it sounds so obvious, but it's not always obvious to other people. And oftentimes people do think it's just a show of, of weakness. So what do you say to, to people who are hesitant to show genuine humility amongst their people?
1: Well, I try to issue examples. It's uh, try to say that they're look at let's look at these people. Mandela would be among them. Ford might be among them. Brent Sco, General Brent Scowcroft. Colin Powell, I mean, I think we can think of a lot of people um, who are very highly regarded who have, uh, have managed their ego in a way. And I, I think of ego as our willingness to subordinate our interests to the interests of others. It's a bit like the definition of servant leadership, the book that was written in 1908 by Robert Greenleaf. This notion of allowing others to succeed and helping others succeed, I think the sign of a great leader is the number of people that grow in leadership under them and with them that they influence for good that they influence for leadership you know there are a lot of head coaches for instance football coaches basketball coaches in division one right and many of them have assistant coaches who go on to have careers of assistant coaches but many of them go on to become head coaches because they have been led in a way that allows them to succeed and fulfill their next obligation which is that of a head coach And I think there are those who always have subordinates and always have employees. There are others who have colleagues and friends and they make leaders. I think the role of a leader is to create leaders. I think that's our job. And I think we forget that sometimes in our pursuit of uh, our own egos. I would guess also, Jonathan, you and I might agree that we live in this sort of narcissistic, individualistic, personal brand kind of world right now, principally because of social media and everybody's putting themselves out there in an interesting way, I still think there's a lot of space for humility. I think there's a lot of open ground for humility. And I think each of us can do better at that. When we do, we allow others to be what they want to be. And I think that's really what our world should be about.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I have to admit, that's one of the things that I personally really struggle with. Because on the one hand, you know, I, I feel like I gotta create my personal brand. I gotta get out there on social media, on LinkedIn, and such. I need to share the content that I'm creating, but I hate, I hate um, self promotion, <laughs> I, and I and I really wish I, I wish uh, I didn't have to do it at all. And so it's this kind of uncomfortable spot. But I guess that's that's one of the things that perhaps um, is is the difference between someone who's uh, fully ego-driven, we all have ego, of course, but someone who's fully uh, ego-driven versus those who are at least making the attempt to to keep their ego in check is that you do f- sometimes feel that discomfort and you recognize that you're not, you know, no, no matter how much you've accomplished, no matter how much you've achieved, the people you've worked with, the, the degrees you've earned, um, all of the, the nice accolades you may get, you're still just a person trying to help develop other people. And if that's our focus, then I, then I think that's great. And we can share that. And uh, that comes across though, very differently, uh, both on social media, but of course, definitely in person when you're interacting with people, uh, because they can, they can sense your genuine caring, your genuine, um, desire to, to have a meaningful relationship and to, to help them grow, uh, outside of whatever that may, you know, produce for you. Uh, so, so I, I, just really love that. And, and you described leaders with huge egos as like sucking the air out of the room. We've all experienced that. And it it is frustrating, especially when you have really talented people around the room uh, who you should be tapping into. You should be um, leaning on them and learning from them and getting their, their diverse perspectives and their expertise and leveraging that to, to help come up with better solutions, better outcomes, you know, innovative, uh, Uh, looks at uh, the challenges that you're facing, and yet uh, it's still relatively pervasive that you you have leaders, especially in the higher executive ranks within organizations, that I I think more often than not, uh, they tend to kind of have that um, ego-driven, self-centered, profit-focused approach, and there's nothing wrong with having concern for yourself. There's nothing wrong with wanting um, profit for your organization, but there's something fundamentally different about uh, how you approach your people uh, when you come from it from that angle versus when you come from it from uh, a framing of genuine humility, generosity, and desire to develop others. When when you come at it from the, the latter perspective and framing, the profit still comes. In fact, the most profitable organizations, the most innovative organizations are the ones where the people in those organizations are empowered by their leadership. So the profits still come. You still, as a leader, you look amazing um, and people think you're wonderful. And so from an ego standpoint, you look better than you possibly ever could because you've developed all these people around you. Um, But it it can become kind of a counterintuitive process. And in part, I think it's because it, that, what, what we're describing is more of a long-term commitment, versus what often you know, we, we, we get sucked into this short-term orientation of immediacy, uh, immediate gratification. Uh, and when I think of people stroking their ego, that's, it's not about long-term relationships. That's all about the moment, feeling important in the moment. And that's ultimately going to erode and undermine your ability to, to have long-term success.
1: I agree with you. I think it's a, it's a way we think about life. It's the way we think about ourselves. I was asked once, uh, you know, <clears throat> where are we all going? And I just, said, well, we're just all walking each other back home in, in, in the last final analysis, we're all just helping each other. We're, we're all trying to make it and be successful in different ways. And if we can manage our ego, it's just helpful along the way. I also think it's helpful in our families. I think it's helpful in the community, for example, right? I, I think that if we can downplay who we are, to more so focus on what we can contribute, what we can offer, talents, time, energy. Um, I think it changes our perspective just a little about ourselves and I think that's helpful. We all struggle with this in some ways. We try to manage it. Um, I'm always looking for the person who's the same on stage as they are off stage, right? Too many people we see on stage as being one thing, off stage being something very different. And uh, I'm always looking for the person who has that complete consistency of being the same person all the time.
0: I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Yeah, I really uh, agree with that. And I think back to my teenage years and some of the disillusionment I felt around leadership and some some people that I really looked up to um until i saw him in those off stage moments and then i realized oh my goodness these people are not nearly as wonderful as i thought they were and now you know you got to be generous with people nobody's on all the time and pe- you know people have moments of of weakness or you know nobody's perfect right so you got to be j- generous and forgiving um but it was a bit of a disillusionment uh, at that point in time that was probably one of the first times i i, I distinctly remember i was maybe maybe 13 or something. Um, But I distinctly remember having that reaction to someone that I just looked up to so much. And then I saw him in an offstage setting. And I was blown away. I I was I was I was devastated. (laughs) And, and uh, to your point, you know, we, we we want, I, I want to be someone who's genuine and authentic all the time. Um, that's not always going to happen. I'm not always going to be perfect at that, but I, I strive for that. And I want to surround myself with people like that. And, uh, certainly the leaders that I look up to the most are the ones that I feel like I can trust. And the ones I trust are the ones that are consistent. They're people of integrity. They're people, uh, who walk the walk, not just say nice things. And, uh, and that really goes a long way. And it, it, again, it comes back to that,
1: that humility. Yeah, I think so too. I think in my experience, Jonathan, and working with teams and leading teams, um, I found that women are particularly good at managing their ego. Uh, They tend to be more inclusive. They tend to bring teams together more quickly. They tend to nurture teams better in some ways than men do. And I think uh, sometimes as men, we have a lot to learn and uh, we need to pay attention because oftentimes we lead with our ego. Maybe that's the hunter gatherer kind of notion, but still, I think we can do a better job of it. I have often thought of the definition, there's, are we a company with a purpose, or are we a purpose with a company? And I think we can put that on our own lives, you know, a little bit as well, right? Are we a life with a purpose, or are we a purpose with a life? And I think that once we engage in the higher calling, the higher purpose, then I think it's much easier for us to manage our relationships with other people and with other circumstances that, that subordinates that ego more effectively than other times. Yeah.
0: And I, I think it, it connects, but let's, let's dig in a little bit and get a little bit more explicit about the role of collaboration and delegation as leaders, because no nobody can be successful as an Island. I, I don't care how, how um, skillful you are, how much of a genius you are. You have to have good people around you, or you just, you know, in this hyper competitive globally interconnected world where a fast paced continuous change, you just have to have good people around you. Um, but sometimes it's really hard for leaders, especially when they, they reach high, higher levels. Um, it's really hard for them to really delegate and, and, and exercise trust in those around them to, to really hand off that baton and let someone else run with it or to really just have meaningful, authentic collaborations. Um, How, how does that fit with this humility versus ego paradigm and what can we do to, to foster greater uh, willingness and ability to leverage uh, delegation, effective delegation and collaborative uh, environments?
1: I think it starts with a mindset of the leader, right? There are two ways to approach it. One is advocacy, where you're telling people what to do. You're defining your position. You're obviously advocating for a particular event or circumstance to happen. And oftentimes delegation falls into that. You're directing the activities of others. But the other half of that is inquiry. And lots of leaders use inquiry. And when we use inquiry, which is questioning, I think the best leaders ask the best questions, get the best information. They tend to be more collaborative. They tend to be more consensual. They tend to be more comfortable with other people's opinions because they're always asking questions. And great leaders ask these great questions to get information to make the whole better than any individual part. And so I think that we see the use of advocacy and inquiry is associated with ego. People with strong egos tend to advocate more. This is my way or the highway. Do this, do that, delegate this whatever it might be, eliminate that, right? They are always directing people because of this superego. By the same token, people who have their ego better managed and more under control tend to ask questions of others, to seek input from other people, to be comfortable with other ideas, other thoughts, right? And then utilizing those in a highly collaborative way. And so the humble person is just more comfortable with themselves. They're not threatened by other people. They don't need to threaten other people. And as a result of that, I think they tend to get more done faster than people working around someone else's ego. And so humility becomes an essential point for us to be successful as leaders and in an exponential world where with ever increasing speed, we need to be certain that as the complexity of the world progresses, that we get the best information, that we have the best people around us. And I've found over years, people want to work with those that they admire respect and who have their ego under control. Um, people, it's much more difficult to work for someone who has, who leads with ego and who presents themselves with ego all the time. And I just find that, uh, there are very different worlds, advocacy and inquiry. And I think we have choices as leaders as to how we're going to lead.
0: Yeah. And I think there's this misconception, um, maybe it's, it's kind of an older philosophy around confidence and people think that they're conveying confidence through the bluster and the beating of the chest and some of these ego um, types of elements. And, and may I don't know, for me, when I see that, I, I, I don't have confidence in that person. I, I don't feel like um, they would be doing that if, they had more confidence in what they were doing. And so uh, the, the true confidence that I, I have in people, the trust that I develop in people, it comes from um, the confident calm that people convey as they interact with really, you know, in, in, in group settings with really difficult situations and those that are, are, are conveying this, this ego driven confidence, I, I just see it as uh, insecurity. I, I see it as as someone who actually doesn't uh, have as much trust or faith in their people or in their own solution. And so they're, tr- they're trying to take a shortcut and getting people to buy into what they're doing by trying to portray themselves as more confident than really is warranted. So, I mean, really in my mind, if you want to develop trust, if you want to develop genuine relationships, which are so important in the workplace, if you want to develop your people uh, it, and you really want people to have more confidence in you and you want to be seen as someone who's very confident, it, it comes back to to humility, uh, that co- confident calm that you convey. And it's people can, pe- people's BS meter uh, is usually pretty finely tuned and, and we can sense when someone is full of it. and on the other hand, we can sense when someone's pretty darn genuine. We don't expect them to be perfect, but we we can sense that they're they're making real consistent effort and and we appreciate that. So I, you know that's what I think leaders need to be striving for.
1: Well, I think so too, and I, I certainly agree with what you've just said. I, very often the confident leader doesn't have to extend themselves from their ego because they're confident of who they are. They're comfortable with who they are. It's okay. And it's okay if others around them are better. In fact, as leaders, I think you and I, Jonathan, would hope to attract people. They're a lot smarter than we are. They're a lot better than we are. If we're the smartest person in the room, we're all in trouble, right? I mean, if, <laughs> yes. I'm the, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, we're not going anywhere. I need people that are smarter than I am around me. So, So I just think the confident leader doesn't have to promote the ego right just it's just not necessary and so I think that when we discover that we understand that and we are comfortable being around that kind of leader we'll find that we will develop more I had the opportunity as a young man in various settings to be around people who were who had their egos under control who were authentic who were vulnerable who were realistic and honest and when they when you're around people like that it just allows you to grow so much faster It allows you to be the person you want to be and to show what you can do. And I think that's just a better place to be. And it's better for all those around us. I've had a chance to lead multiple corporations and we've always built strong teams. We've always tried to be highly collaborative and to be certain that everyone had the opportunity to breathe freely and openly in that environment and space. And I think it's been beneficial uh, for all of us who have participated in those environments.
0: Wonderful. Well, Warren, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. The time has flown by. Uh, but before we close, I want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, uh, find out more about your work, your coaching, your mentoring, the consulting work that you do, and uh, then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Okay. Thank you very much, John. First of all, Jonathan, thanks for the really good work you're doing. Uh, you you uh, have a program that influences hundreds and hundreds of people all the time. And that's an important, important work that you're doing. I really appreciate that. I've spoken to many people who have listened to your podcast over a long period of time. And, uh, and they just find that what you're giving and what you're offering is so important and so good. If someone wants to reach me, they can go to warnrustand.com and they can get a copy of the book, uh, Warren, uh, The Leader Within Us. Um, it's an opportunity to set forth the principles of a life by design. If you really want to control your life, manage your life and be the person you want to be, uh, the book will give you that prescription, which is good. But there are also Facebook episodes or some other speeches or other kinds of things there that could be helpful to you. And if it helps you one little bit, one idea helps you a little bit, then uh, my life is well, uh, well lived, right? If I can help you do one thing a little bit better, that'll be good for me. So I really appreciate your time, Jonathan. Thank you so much. And best wishes to you. Thank you. And I, it has been a pleasure. I really
0: encourage listeners to reach out, get connected with Warren and find out more about what designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think.